All right, and welcome back. We are still here with Coach JD of the Clearwater Sit Rockers, um, and we are going to talk about the O'Brien Group. So the O'Brien Group consists of Riverside as a one seed, Nashville, Ocala, and Montpelier all in that order. Um, a lot of good friends of mine, and so this is a really exciting group. Um, and then a dog. I don't know you, but I'm sure we could be dogs. Um, so this is a really interesting group. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about it. We'll get into it, but I think a theme here is a bit of a, the, the first show become last. Um, but so we're going to start with Riverside here. They lost the 1619 uh, class. Sorry, this is a Riverside rain coached by coach a dog nine 11. Um, they lost the 1619 class, brought in the 167, 113 class, and then finished last year as a 34 seed uh, or 34 ranked team and come into the year ranked 97th. So what do you see here, coach, with the Riverside rain? Yeah, so a 15-9 NTT team that um, lost their starting front court. But mm-hmm. uh, another, like I mentioned in the last group with one of those teams, you know, they signed a guy, Joe White, Whitesell, who, you know, it makes me wonder how the class is, you know, rated in the triple digits because right. he like he's should be good enough to carry, you know, at least a top 50 ranking for the for the hardwood rankings. Anyways, mm-hmm. I think that's the one that ranks like your best player. So, you know, I'd be surprised if there were, you know, 100 better players, you know, than him. I mean, he scored right. 17 points, 11 rebounds and four blocks. So, you know, he's um, going to be, to me, an, an upgrade over uh, the group's namesake, Adrian O'Brien, in the front court. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of that, uh, you know, they're not necessarily replacing the the height so they're still going to be a little on on the short side but Mm -hmm. um the two samuels um chapman and hughes are are, are pretty good players as well so i think when you combine those two guys and uh and white soul the freshman you've got a the makings of a good trio there yeah i think you're right i mean i i said this without actually having looked at the stats yet um but you look at white cell i do wonder if the other two guys are just that bad because I think if you take like a white cell who's even like a say he's the the 20th ranked guy and then the Jankowski or Ogles is the next best player and he's ranked like 400th 500th maybe that's how they land in the 113s you know what I mean um, yeah. but it's it's still pretty surprising for how good white cell is uh, like a, an efficient scorer and protects the rim and doesn't turn the ball over uh, I mean he does it all as a seven footer so um, yeah you're right that is pretty pretty surprising. Uh, for them, I am wondering what they're going to do at power forward. What do you, do you have any thoughts on what they might do here? It, it's really tough to 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 guess because yeah, I mean, I don't think that Ogles from the freshman, um, and he played on a really bad team, you know, with a negative plus minus right. in high school even, and you know, he can rebound but doesn't look like he really does anything else, you know, particularly well. And then mm-hmm. if you look at their bench guys from last year, and when their bench was on the court, they you know, they gave up runs to the other teams. Like none of those guys mm-hmm. were positive plus minus. I know it's not a perfect stat, but I think it it has some, you know, who's who's even tall enough to play there. I mean, Michael Epps. Right. And he looks like, you know, if you put him in a larger role, he could probably score, but not necessarily super efficiently. So right. definitely the big question for them. And I, and I don't know if you, you know, do you sacrifice Hughes and make him play a bigger spot, maybe Suzuk can rebound a little bit if you move them up, but then and, and maybe one of those the bench guards can move into the lineup. So it's definitely a question mark. I mean, they're they're upgrading at center, um, but yeah, I, I I don't know what they're going to do at power forward. To be completely honest, yeah, was Riverside the one that had Michael Ector? Is that right? Do you know? 
Um, I feel like no, they're not. I don't see him on their team. They have I mean, Michael like Epps, a couple, a but, couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. Oh, that, I, I don't remember. I okay. smoked a lot yeah. of weed in college, so I don't. Remember. <laughs> my my memory shot. Sure, sure, that's right. <laughs> um, I I think I'm wrong, anyways. Um, I, well, I was gonna say they like they do recruit guards very well. Like Benson and Hansel were like efficient scorers in uh, college and their or in high school. Hansel in particularly in particular was uh was a really efficient scorer on high volume. Um, but they just don't have spots to play. Uh, and so that that's the biggest question mark for me. I mean, Fluker is bad, um, but is at least somewhat of a a glue guy. I want, I do wonder if he was just is just that bad that he was in aid. Um, on an already short team, you know what I mean? And so I think that Riverside, once they got to the NTT last year, they were exposed for being undersized um, after playing a pretty tough strength of schedule. I think that they realized that the NTT was, you know, just a bit of a different animal. And so they, cause they end up finished 30th, they lose in the first round as a five seed. Um, I, I think that they're going to have similar problems this year, despite having white cell. Yeah, it's and it's just one of those teams that's going to rely on, and they, they just can't get into foul trouble, especially in the front court. Right. You know, whoever they do have, you know, if, if Whitesell when he's in foul trouble, they're just they're just going to be in trouble. So, yep. um, it's one of those games where they can probably hang with a lot of teams. Their starting lineup because there's, there's enough talent there. But yeah, those games and and I have similar problems with my League 34 team. My center, who's a stud player, gets in foul trouble, then we can just get run mm-hmm. by teams that were otherwise similar to us. So. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna be in that in that range that's that spot. So and play with a lot of teams, but yeah, that that lack of depth, especially in the front court, is gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the two seed, the Nashville Syrup. So Nashville Syrup, coached by Coach Coach Vo, uh, the founder of the PNTT. You might hear us refer to him as Kyle. I realize on the boards that not everyone knows that Kyle's name is Kyle. Um, so figure I should say that they had a very disappointing day. Uh, on Saturday, so they graduate the 71-104 class. They brought in the 216-229 class, landed a clear-laden two walk-ons. No, they might have landed, yeah, clear-laden two walk-ons. Um, and then they finished the year as the 51st-ranked team last year, uh, and then coming to the season ranked 103rd. Uh, so what do you see here in Nashville? Yeah, I think it's going to be a long season um, for mm-hmm. Nashville. I mean, uh, yeah, you mentioned – you know, it's, it's just so so crushing to bring in the 200 class, um, especially mm-hmm. when you're replacing a couple of starters. I mean, you just without even even if the starters weren't good, your depth just takes a major hit. Um, we take two starters and replace them with, you know, probably below average, you know, bench guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and Joshua Ratchford was a you know a pretty good center. Um, you know, did a, did a lot of things well for them. And then, you know, Carlos Daniel, you know, wasn't the best shooting guard in the league, but, you know, he's he was respectable. So mm-hmm. you're replacing those guys and, you know, you don't know where where it's going to come from. So um, I know I, I ran a scrimmage with Kyle. So I know that the big freshman Mattern is going to come into the starting lineup or mm. you know, if if he runs the same lineup in scrimmage, that is, of course. And to like, at least have a little bit of size there and, and Vest will move it down to move down in the forward spots, but it's going to put a lot on um, the shoulders of Claiborne and, and Carlos Godin to, you know, try and up their games to try and uh, have them compete in this group. 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, they just lose. They lose so much in Ratchford. And I will say, Carlos Daniel, I, I think he was actually a really, really good on-the-ball defender. Again, you don't really see that in Steele's numbers for him. Um, but he caused a lot of... Uh, I feel like a lot of people put their best score at the shooting guard position often. And, yes. and I think that he, he caused a lot of guys problems in terms of shooting percentages. And so losing him is is pretty big deal. I will say this. So Sean Co- Co- Costa... Costa um, a junior for them. He scored 28 and a half points per game on 62% true shooting in high school. Um, he then Kyle's like, great, let's throw him in the starting lineup to start his freshman year. Uh, and then realized in scrims, he was awful. And then last year he's like, maybe it's a new season. He was awful this season. He seems to have gotten a little bit of life in scrimmages. And so I do, I'm wondering, I'm giving a lot away, but I'm wondering if Costa is going to jump into the starting lineup and, and sort of provide some of that uh, 27 points per game that they're graduating. Um, I mean, he almost has to. I mean, yeah. um, if, you, if you look at him just from last year, yeah, he only played six minutes a game, but um, with not even you know a tenth of a steal per game, you probably figure his defense isn't that great. Right. So I'm sure that's held him back. So you know, may need to put him in the lineup. And maybe he's a guy that, Got a little mopey, not getting you know, a lot of time, not being the star player like he was in high school. So, um, right. but maybe this year, giving him a bigger role, putting him in the starting lineup, and telling him, "Hey, we need you to go shoot the ball and score." You know, maybe that can help elevate his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot could ride on his um, sort of elevation as a starter. You know, so. But yeah, hard hard times in Nashville. Um, trying to figure out what they're going to do there. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next team who also lost a lot. So we have the Ocala Opossums, uh, coached by Coach Subpar Stash, a um, uh, good friend of mine, David. So he graduated the 49-1 class, brought in the 135-107 class. Uh, his, I think his text in our thread said, uh, not good class in 31. Um, and then he – but he finished last year as the 23rd-ranked team and ended up making an Elite Eight run to, in the PTT uh, where he lost to Rochester – um, pretty good team. And then he uh, comes to the season ranked 56th. Uh, so what do you see here with the loss of Isaiah Moses and, and sort of this identity in Ocala? Yeah. I mean, Ocala is a, you know, conference made of ours. So, you know, played against them obviously every season going back for a while. And Moses was, um, you know, such a generational recruit. I mean, I think, you know, for the guys that do the, the rankings, I think he was up there amongst like the best of all time when it comes to mm-hmm comes to that and I mean his his preferences were picture perfect for Clearwater but um, anytime you get those big ties you know it's never a guarantee so it sucked to not not only not sign him but have to play against them for <laughs> for for four seasons so we're not won't shed any tears for to see him go um, un, but for Ocala of course you know that they are because how do mm-hmm. you replace him I mean uh, he didn't turn out to be like the, the front court player. I'm sure his rebounding was probably poor, but I mean, it, as a six ten, like small forward or combo forward, just, you know, he, he was everywhere. I mean, defense, he could score, uh, maybe not elite scoring, but uh, 20 points per game was great. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's, a, it's a major hole to fill there. And uh, there's just no one, no way to do it. Um, from the freshman, I mean, uh, you know, I know that, you know, he was in on a couple of the couple of ties that I was in on and, we beat him on the um, Jamarcus Bailey. So, uh, but T- Tavon Williams is a uh, is a good he's a good looking mm-hmm. forward. Um, I assume probably more 
suited for power forward. I know that with uh, with Wooten, you know, he shifted with Moses a little bit last year, and so I don't know if Williams and Wooten will switch back and forth this year or if one guy will take one spot, but at least it looks like there's a starter to come mm-hmm. in and replace Moses. So even if there's a downgrade, um, at least you have a starter caliber guy to step in there. Um, but they're calling cards defense. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks like you know, Williams can play defense. So if they can keep up, you know, anywhere near the level of defense they played last year, it's going to still make them, you know, a, a good team that's going to be really tough to play against. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if they slow it down, uh, they seem to have pretty good hands too. Uh, I know Wooten is just like an absolute stud uh, glue guy. You know what I mean? Six point four assists as a six nine small forward slash power forward and one point eight steals, one point eight blocks. Um, I think that he's a really really good piece for them to move around and. And I do think, like you said, Tavon Williams potentially slides into the starting lineup. Um, I do guys like guys like like Skylar Payne was a really efficient scorer in high school. Um, wasn't as efficient with the ball. That's why he's running, I think, backups small forward or shooting guard. Sorry, um, but I, I do wonder if Dillard maybe moves down. But uh, yeah, pr- probably not, just because coach likes to run pretty big lineups. So um, I do think that this team has quite a few more pieces though to play with than. Uh, the two aforementioned teams in this group, but we'll get to comparison soon. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the last group. So we have the Montpelier Peepers, coached by Coach R- Coach Russ Sack. So he actually just got his coach name changed. He took over for a friend um, who's uh, also Uncle Mel or now Coach Mel in T League, um, and finally decided to to make his teams his own. So congrats, Coach. Uh, he graduated the nineteen twenty nine class, which I think was actually overrated. It was a bunch of guards who were highly rated outside of athleticism and so that and pretty small guards and so they weren't just as productive as he thought and then he brought in the or he thought they might be and then he brought in the 716 class so pretty exciting and then they finished the year ranked 93rd um in a season that was pretty down for all of conference six and then coming to the season ranked 28th so what do you see here in uh, montpelier yeah i mean it's, it's always kind of curious to look and see you know i think the first thing i saw on their page was yeah graduating seniors 1929 it's like well that sucks but then you look at the mm-hmm. lineup and and Emerson was the only guy in the starting lineup, and the other guys were on the bench. So, when right. you look at the recruiting class they brought in, it's like, oh, okay, so we're, we're, we're we've got something to work with because, right. uh, you know, Shane uh, McGilvery uh, looks uh, sure. like a, just a great player in the front court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, brings in a guy, and that that was a weakness for them. Like, even though they've got a you know decently talented squad, like their their front court, um, I think held them back a little bit. I mean, they. You know, played a couple guys at, at power forward. I mean, Deshaun most of the minutes, but I mean, he didn't really do anything to stand out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I imagine that's where McGilvray is going to come into and all and just add another, you know, four score to the lineup. And and then River Harris looks like a guy that could come in and take over at, at point guard. And and mm-hmm. then Simmons. I mean, he, maybe he doesn't start. Uh, he but if he's coming off the bench, he looks like a. A guy that can score, def- you know, defend, pass the ball. So he looks like a really good player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to upgrade the bench at some spot, I imagine. But yeah, I mean, the I think the incoming freshmen are definitely a, an improvement, and uh, I think we'll make this a, a more balanced team. So I think uh, things are looking up in Montpelier. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, and I think Ashton Lindley is is a stud. He was not. He was a two-two. Um, even though he was recruited well because he was in foul trouble his first couple games as a high schooler, high school senior. And so he is a really, really good player for them that I think does not get enough fanfare. 
and potentially takes up a, uh, a step up, although they're they're adding another score, like you said, or two scores, sorry, in River Harris and, and McIlvray. So I think this team can pass, it can defend, it can um, play defense. This this is a really, really dangerous team, I think, um, not not only in this group but in the PNTT and even in my Conference 6 in general. So uh, it's a, I think it's a really exciting team, really, really good team. Yeah, definitely. Yep. All right, cool. Well, let's go ahead and talk about some players to watch. Uh, so who are you looking at in this group? Um, so mostly, I mean, from Riverside, I mean, I'm very curious to see what Weitzel does as he comes mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, we talked about the two samples. Maybe not a lot, but, I mean, Chapman at point guard and Hughes at small forward. I mean, both those guys look pretty solid. So that's a pretty good trio, um, you know, for you know, Montpelier. I, I, I want to see what the what the freshmen do. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. like the Gilray, we just got done talking about 30 seconds ago. But, um, you know, looks like a, a great player. And then Dante Shaw had such a good freshman season for him. We didn't mention him. But mm-hmm. um, so a really good shooting guard that can score and uh, play, some, play defense, pretty good all-round game. So he looks like a, a pretty good player as well. Yeah, yeah. All guys that I'm very excited about as well. Um, let's go ahead and do some predictions here. So what are you looking at in this group? Yeah, so I think the uh, – I think you referenced this coming into the group, but I think it's – you're looking at the upstart. You know, I think that mm-hmm. Montpellier has the, you know, the most complete team. Um, that I think they have a, a pretty good shot to, to rise up and, you know, knock off Riverside. I think Riverside's going to be, be right there with them, but, you know, I think if, I'll, I'll give Montpellier the edge. Um, Ocala, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be solid. Um, I think they're going to be a good team. They're going to be in competition for a playoff spot. And I don't know. I don't know if they'll, they can come out on top of the other two teams there. Um, mm-hmm. Nashville, sorry, Kyle, no, not telling you anything <laughs> you don't already know. But I think it's going to be a, a long season, and you know, mm-hmm. I think they're 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 the clear you know fourth team in this group. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think that unless. Uh, Let's uh, move it over to your your schedule analysis, but uh, I'll be curious to see how what the outside schedules look like for those first three teams. Yeah, I mean, I think that Montpelier's schedule is actually the easiest. Um, they have a couple of upstart teams in that they're playing too, and Hershey has had a good couple of classes here, and then they have uh, Flagstaff, our champs, lot two years ago in Aberdeen, um, who we just talked about, who's a lot better than that ninety one ranking. But even then, I think that the other teams have a little bit of a hard, harder schedule, um, and so. It's almost like Nashville has the hardest, Riverside has the next hardest, then Ocala, then Montpelier. And I think Montpelier is the best team, Ocala is the second best, and then Riverside and Nashville. And so I think it it's like lines up both the schedule and the talent lines up to where I think Montpelier is going to win it, and then Ocala is going to have a good shot at uh, an at-large for the playoff. Yeah, I mean, definitely can't, can't, can't argue it. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be exciting. All three of the the last the last three teams, Nashville, Ocala, Montpelier, and a group thread together um, about Test League, and so it's going to be a spicy week when they play each other, mm-hmm. um, or two weeks, I guess. But good stuff. Well, that is the O'Brien group. We're going to finish up with our large group here, the sort of bottom group, um, with JD in a couple of minutes. So appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> 